Welcome back, everybody, to the A&D Podcast. My name's Aaron. And I'm Dave. Pleasure to have you with us. We've got some stellar topics going on. First things first, though, what's going on with you? Living the dream, man. Living the dream. I know the timeline might be fuzzy for some of our listeners here, but at the time of this recording, we're just past New Year's, so. It's true. Yeah. Gearing up for hopefully what's going to be a better year than 2020, man. You know, I saw a couple of things that's kind of like, can only go up, right? I mean. Oh, famous last words. Don't say that. Yeah. No, I mean, I think so. I'm, I'm pretty. Maybe it's just hubris, but I, I think we're only only going up from here. So I'm good with it. Knock on wood. How's the new year been for you thus far? Good. No, good. Um, finalizing some things from the old year, the year that, that uh, thus not be named. Uh, the doom year. Yeah. And then... Um, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm excited for it. I think it's, I'm I'm sticking to it's only up from here, right? Like, yeah. if I can, you know, walk out of my house and see my friends again, that's chalk it up for a win for me. So we'll see how all this shit goes with the vaccine, man. We'll see. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, and talk about hot topic yeah. issues. That's right. <laughs> Try to stay apolitical. We're jumping uh, right in here for 2021. <laughs> you thought. <laughs> Yeah. Also, fun fact. Yes. Don't know mm-hmm. if we should talk about this on air, but I mean, we can either edit it out or it's in it now. I got a good bit of feedback um, from a coworker about our audio. So I just want to go ahead and clear it up. Apparently, I don't know if I've had the mic set to different levels or what, but apparently your mic is really uh, much louder than mine, I've been told. So I've toyed around with the audio settings. Hopefully, uh, I get f- more feedback on how it pans out. But essentially, they were saying that when you were talking and I was talking, yours kind of overshadowed my mic which i'm sure isn't a problem for you but we'll see how this episode sounds so yeah i tend to like be a lot closer than you do as well that's also true that's also true you're i think you're a little afraid of it where i'm just kind of like it's here i mean keep in mind since you know this is the a and d podcast we're here to talk about both you and i you grew up around mics a lot more often than i did i I know i know a good couple mics yeah yeah I hate you. I there it is. <laughs> that was <laughs> so bad. That's a slow burn. That was garbage. You're it a bad is. person. Got him. But anyways, we'll see how this audio pans out. I try to toy with those levels a little bit. And apparently we talk really slow, I've been told, which is... Really? I was told that. Go figure. So I would have expected somebody to tell both of us to slow down. You would think. But maybe because we're used to hearing one another, mm-hmm. we just perceive it as faster especially because I'm in your head and you're in mine. And to other yeah. people, it's like, wow, they sound like they're on half speed, which we may be for some people. Right. Well, Check I your was going to say, definitely in the earlier episodes, we I feel like we were both really excited and talked way too fast. Yeah, we so did, I'll, stand, we did. I'll stand by that. I think we found a good flow. I think so. I hope so. We'll, we'll wait for the feedback. Hey, that brings up a good, uh, good uh, topic. If you have feedback for us. <laughs> I was going to say, I know that this is just all audio, but all feedback. if we get videos uploaded somewhere, which I don't know if we're planning on doing, but I think it'd be fun. The lighting in this room, and Aaron can attest, mm-hmm. I look so orange. You do. So orange. It looks like, honestly, you have a... Uh, um, Spray tan on? No, like one of those red um, heat lamps. Like... But How just on one side of you, seasonal affective disorder. You fuck. Don't bring it up. That's not you a heat lamp. That you turd. No, it's a sunlight. It's, a, it's a sunlight. It's not the same thing at all. Those aren't red. No. Oh, are you talking about the things that you put over iguana cages? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a plate of hot fries. Whatever. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> Oops, I'm, I'm not culture. You turd. Side note, if you have seasonal affective disorder, I did not mean to make fun of you. Just himself for not knowing what yeah, that actually just is. Just <laughs> myself only. Uh, I told you the story, didn't I, about a good friend uh, that I that I had, and he had a heat lamp or a, a sunlight. Sure. He was like, yeah, I returned it. I was like, why is that? He goes, it was too bright. I was like, bruh, yes. what? what? In what world do you buy a sunlight thinking, it won't be too bright, I got this. Well, we've gotten one. Uh, a while ago to help with like waking up in the morning because that's like kind of what it is. It's supposed to help with like your circadian rhythm and like yep. getting more UV light and whatever. So we'd gotten one that we had like mounted kind of like next to our bed. And so every morning I would turn it on 
but I would forget that like you had someone next to you. No, 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 no. That was kind of the point. Well, I would forget that it was like on the highest setting. So I would be looking at it Uh, and it was just like blinding of a thousand suns, just like staring at me. So, you know, after some damaged retinas, you know what you could do? And again, this is just spitballing ideas. You could probably put it on a timer. So it goes off with your alarm and you're not like glaring at it. So they have ones on timers, but oh. um, you have to, it's weird because it's like the lights on the timer glow. So Ugh. you can't turn, yeah, you can't turn that off, which I kind of felt like defeated the purpose. Yeah, a little bit, a but, little bit. Oh, well. Boy, we've gone down a rabbit hole here, eh? But we never do that. Luckily, that's not one of our uh, New Year's resolutions. So thank goodness we don't got to <laughs> work there. on it. I'm hoping people listen to that episode, by the way. I'd be very eager to hear what people's thoughts are on how I feel about New Year's resolutions. You're all for them, right? Love them. Mm-hmm. Yep. All, all in it to win it. Which brings us to a, a good, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to flip it a little bit. So I'm going to transition a little bit into our, our first topic because I think you have, I think you have them more than I do, but you, you're talking about New Year's resolutions. We all know that one of your um, many hats that you wear is uh, not only an, an entrepreneur, but also a, a personal trainer, physical. What do you, what do you prefer? Let me, let me start there. Personal trainer, strength and conditioning specialist. What is your preferred title? Um, either coach or trainer. Either Those one. seem really ambiguous for all that you hold. Um. Because to, to the layperson, they don't. It doesn't matter, right? If I'm talking to an athlete and they're looking for a coach, then I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist as well as a tactical strength and conditioning facilitator. Now those matter, right? But if you're talking about someone, oh, you're into fitness, yeah, I'm a coach. I'm a trainer. I know a little bit about a lot. I feel like that's so. <laughs> that's so demoralizing for you to be like, yeah, I'm a I'm a trainer. Like I feel yeah. like you'd be like, I'm a strength and conditioning specialist. That would be that's the buzzword I would be looking for. It is demoralizing a wee bit i mean i look at it this way i will gladly have lengthy in-depth conversations with those that want to have them but for gen pop it's mostly about uh, very basic level stuff oh i Mm -hmm. work out it's like all right good for you it's like oh man i really need to get back in shape all right then do it (laughs) all right here we are oh my diet's been terrible do you do stuff with diet Yep, it's a large part of my certifications. Like, I mean, most people don't just, they don't want to talk about like the in-depth stuff or they want to talk about it at the least opportune times, right? So like mm. while I'm on the floor uh, or while I'm um, while I'm on the floor either coaching or doing my other jobs and they want to go into these full-depth things and it's like, no, no, no. You can sit down to have a consultation if you want to talk in-depth, but like it, you, we're not going to get into anything really heavy. Again, if it's in a formal setting and I'm talking to other coaches, then sure, I stay out of my credentials. But for the layperson, it's just a coach and a trainer. It's not anything wild. So with that, yep. have you picked up any uh, good or bad, any habits from any of your all the different hats that you hold? Oh, that's such a... I knew the question was coming, but that's such a... <laughs> I guess I would need you to get more specific. Like, are we going to cover the good things I've learned? Are we going to cover the lessons that I've learned? No, I just think like things that you find in your everyday life that you're just kind of like, I can't not do it. It's been like so ingrained in your brain. Perfect example. Um, Making coffee, right? Like you and I both know because we've worked at coffee shops before. There's a certain way to make coffee, store coffee, keep coffee. Like there's just like things that you do and you're just like, I, it doesn't matter because there's nobody breathing down your neck and telling you that you've done, you've made coffee wrong, but you're just like, I can't not like, yeah. those are the big things for me, especially yes like no. in washing dishes too. If we're like, talking about in regards to coffee shops alone and food service in itself. Sure. I've learned how to store food, right? If you're putting your raw meat above your cooked meat, you're, you're doing some things backwards. That's a problem. Yeah, uh temping meat like people just cook mm. it and be like oh it's good it's fine and they cut that's into a, it it's pink and it's like oh no it's, it's still good it's like nope you need to temp that make sure that it's is good. A, getting a good thermometer was yeah. like a game changer for us too like i was like oh man this is where it's at storing stuff in expiration dates i've always been like real picky about that but knowing when like meal prep 
Mm-hmm. What day did I make that? What day is it now? And is it past its prime? You know, I mean, you can mm-hmm. usually tell if you look at something, but like, again, if you're talking about eating clean, that means not eating junk that's expired either. Not just healthy stuff, but even healthy right. stuff that's past its prime. Don't eat it. Like, get back on your prep. Yeah. Uh, so kind of how to treat food, respect food, and and prepping food has been big. Um, but if we're talking about coffee, you're much more, I think, into the process of making coffee than I am. Not to say I don't enjoy it, but uh, for me, I'm a cold brew guy, mm-hmm. which is probably the lowest maintenance of any coffee. You grind your beans, you soak them in water. 10, 15, 20 hours later, you come back, you dilute your concentrate, and there's your coffee. Like, Or don't and die a little bit. I've done that before. I don't mind rocket fuel. I will drink rocket fuel. <laughs> I, I got no problem with it. So I then is it is it just straight cold brew concentrate or do you do like ice, no, ice cubes in it? No, I've done concentrate. I've done yeah. concentrate with a little bit of creamer and sometimes my heart hurts a little bit. My chest gets a little tight and I get a little shaky, but I mean, it's fine. It's, yeah. You yeah. Eat, a, eat a banana or something and you're good to go. Nope. Nope. <laughs> just die on the inside. Yep, just sit like down a, and shake a bit and then I like get into work. Crux. And I get into work and I'm just live wire and it, you know, usually wears off over the course of six hours. <laughs> Which I can only imagine that for both of your positions, being a little bit of a live wire is okay. Like if you're like a mortician I, or something, I feel I like think you probably need it. not. Yeah, you got to read a room. If you come in yeah. uh, doing just amped and ready to go. <laughs> if you're at home, it's not going to win people over for sure. The, um, like, not at him. most of my jobs, you have to come in with a certain level of energy. You know what I mean? Because sure. you're dealing with people and people don't like Debbie Downers typically, except other Debbie Downers. <laughs> That's true. Sorry to anyone named Debbie. And anybody who is a Downer. Um, nope, nope, just don't be <laughs> So then besides like food prep and, and stuff like that, what are some other maybe habits that you picked up? Because I know that you've held more than just food prep and like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like you've held more positions than than what you're giving on, uh, giving on rather. In terms of food service, I'm about tapped for some of those lessons. But in terms of the coaching and training realm, I've learned what you say matters, which is like, duh. <laughs> but there's a big difference between when you're talking to an athlete or a client and they have something injured in their you know, hip, knee, or ankle, and you say your bad foot, your injured foot, all big mm. red flags. All big red flags. You say you're... Um, you know, uh, talk about their stronger side, right? So if their left is impaired, talk about training on their right side. You say you're going to go right side, this right side, that plant your right foot. You don't bring up the injured limb and keep saying, well, your injured side, your hurt side, your bad side, because then the athlete has it in their head. That's a bad side. It's compromised. It's no good. And then they, you know, can eat away what they think they can accomplish. So verbiage is huge. Um, floor management. Again, these are all coaching and training things is huge, right? Whether it's five clients, whether it's 20 clients, whether it's one client, having a presence and knowing where you're at and where your athletes are at and what they're doing is important. Owning a room and having a presence, boy, does that matter. (laughs) If you walk into a room full of 20 young athletes and you don't have a sense of what you're doing, they will smell blood in the water. Oh yeah, kids kids pick up on when you're struggling. Like kids and young, I mean young men and women too. It could just I mean it could be a collegiate team. You walk in there yeah. and you go, "So guys, we're um uh we're going to go through a warm-up. Uh we're going to do some of these uh with uh some of those and then there's uh, going to be some of them." They're going to look at you like, "What? What kind of coaching is this? Like, are you serious?" So what you say matters, having a presence, owning the floor, um knowing where your athletes are at and what they're doing, all of that matters, which sounds like duh. But if you don't practice it every day, you won't be good at it. And when you're not good at it, people mess themselves up and you're going to be held responsible. So it matters. Hmm. How would you take that into any other position? Like a not coaching realm or anything else? Well, the first thing that comes to mind probably the most is I think of, I was just thinking about this the other day. It's a lot like parenting Hmm. in that, when you look after youth athletes and I did a podcast on uh, long-term athletic development. I think you and I have talked about that a little bit either on or off mic, but a large part of teaching young athletes in the weight room is just how to move and make right. sure they have fun doing it. If you have, you know, yeah. an eight year old and you're teaching them power cleans and they're, you know, maxing out, it's like, what, what are you trying to get out of this? Like, Holy hell, like just teach them 
how to squat, how to hinge, how to run, jump, leap, throw, catch. Teach them how to move. Let them have fun mm-hmm. with it. Um, but at the same time, hold them to a standard. You know, make sure they're accountable. Make sure they can, you know, read their program or at least what's on the dry board, dry race board for them. Um, communicate with them. Hold them accountable and again, run the floor, right? You're you're the coach. You're the person in charge. Just like a parent would be the person in charge. And you're mm-hmm. not just in charge of looking after them, but helping them, contributing to them in there. Those are all things that I think are, you know, staples of parenthood. And I think the job of coaching and, and training is going to help me with down the road. But um, you sure should me. hope. Well, geez. Right? <laughs> um, and then if you look at other jobs, like at the coffee shop, I think communication is huge. I think mm-hmm. running your floor is huge, right? If I know that someone's struggling on bar and I don't, I'm no bar star, but I can at least, I think, hold my own. Okay. If I need to tag in then I tag in and put them where they're strong, you know, you have a, a goal to meet as a team. So communication, floor management, um, customer service facing, all that stuff is super important and it's good for every job. But if you're not cognizant of it and trying to improve on it, then it's just wasted effort on your end, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I definitely think too, um, like you say, like floor management and stuff like that. And I would even say like team management and how to talk to other members of your team, especially when talking about like strengths, opportunities, or like coverage in general. Um, I think those are like, because anybody can say, you know, we need help somewhere or this spot isn't doing well. Oh, yeah knowing who and how to put them there yeah in that specific spot to make it work and i think that's like part of um that communication is what you're talking about of like saying like who's going where and and why they're going there so much and understanding time and a place i guess yeah i learned it one of my coaching jobs and i think it was reaffirmed um when i was reading jocko willink's book uh, extreme ownership if you don't have a solution to a problem, then don't present the problem. Like anyone yeah. can see that we're swamped. Anyone can see that we're behind. Anyone can see that times are bad. Anyone can see that um, maybe the gym's running like chaos. It's not hard to point that out. Right. It's hard to have a solution to that. So don't sit there right. and say, oh, this is bad. Well, this is bad. That's terrible. They're not doing well. You're just pointing fingers and you're not helping mm-hmm. anybody or anything. Like respectfully, shut your mouth or present the solution. Hey, this looks a mess. Let's try this. Great. We try it. It doesn't work. Need a new plan. We're great. Mm-hmm. It does work. Then your credit goes to your team. It doesn't go to you. It goes to your team. Guys, you did really well with executing on A, B, and C. Well done to you all. Like, it's not that hard, but... In in that whole, like, I, I'm, I get so frustrated with this too. It's, you know, if you come to me with a problem, I'm going to ask you for a solution. And that voicing a, a problem is the easy part the solution is the hard part and i get that sometimes like in certain instances it's hey guys where are the where are the problems and as a leader or a management or whatever you want to say it's their job to come up with solutions but when you as a i don't say subordinate but you as a, a frontline employee. worker or, yeah employee somebody who's seeing things Lower every day associate. yeah come on and say hey there's this problem and the management goes, okay. It's kind of like, yeah, what do you, what do you need? Well, right. I think it comes from both ends, right? If you're yeah. in leadership, sorry, not sorry, but your job is to solve those problems. It is. Right. I That's have, my point. Yeah. I have, it is, but at the same time, it's on the employee too. Hey, I mm-hmm. see our bar times running behind. Would it help if I hopped on bar? That's so much more helpful than, Hey, bar times are crap. It's like, obviously yeah. I know that. Yeah. I know that. So I'm I think here. it's on, I think it's on both people, but I also think that, um, oh man, I was just right in my train of thought there. I, oh no, no, no. I think my lack of sympathy always moves up to leadership because unfortunately as a leader, your job is to have been in those scenarios before, have the solutions on hand. And by taking on a leadership role, you are in essence calling the shots to help the team the most, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of the point too. Um, you talked about communication a ton and we've kind of touched on that. I think that's something that has so many different facets, but I think the one that I always go to for me and to kind of take it back a little bit um, is not a lot of people know how to talk on the phone and how to solve problems on, on the phone. 
So I've never I, had to. Well, and that's and that's kind of like nobody's ever had to. Nobody's ever had to like yeah. vamp, like um, or had to kind of say like, okay, well, hold on, let me research into this over the phone. A lot of things are done face to face. So I always go back to when I was working in a call center. It was a ton of like, okay, let me research that. And I've carried all of that, like the tone, the customer service voice, everybody has one. It's just whether or not how, it's just how you use it. But that customer service voice, that like the um, reassuring or the understanding of like, hey, I hear your problems. You know, it's like, okay, cool. As a, as a, if you're an angry customer, you know what, hey, I hear your problems. Now it's my turn to like talk right you've yeah. got your you've got your voice out and a lot of times people just want to be heard and oh, understanding yeah. that is probably one of the best habits i've picked up from all of my stuff same time like when i was working at a coffee shop of, of listening to upset people it's like okay yeah i'm really sorry that happened sure okay speaking of on. coffee shops though yeah. like i said i've not had any experience talking to people on the phone the closest thing i have is running the the drive through right so like I remember just the other day, I was, I think, on that position for probably an hour or two, what felt like a long time. And I mean, mm-hmm. you're dealing with easily hundreds of people. Sure. If it's a rush, for sure. Oh, yeah. And it gets, even if it's not in the midst of a pandemic when many places are closed and you're the only it's destination true. open, doesn't matter if it's rush or not. It's always rush, right? Especially mm-hmm. if maybe you have modified hours. Mm-hmm. Just chaos. So... I remember I was on uh, that area for a little while and I could tell, actually, I couldn't tell that my tone was dragging. To me, it was just, hi, welcome. What can we get you? All right. And then someone came on the headset and was like, hey, Dave, do you uh, want to get moved by chance? You sound real tired over there. And I was like, I know I don't want to move to X station, Y station, or Z station. So it looks like I got to put some pep in my step. I said, all right, here we go. Welcome to, and then I just, you know, ramped it up because it's like, you may not be aware. And I don't think a lot of people are of their tone, but it, your tone and nonverbal cues. But I mean, when you're dealing in a strictly verbal medium, it's like right. tone matters more, almost more than what you say. You'd be yeah. saying, oh, yeah. you'd be saying something that's a little bit rude, but as long as you sound peppy about it, people might take it as a joke. They might brush it off. They might not worry about it. Um, but if you change that tone and you still say something a little snappy, it, it does not go over well at all, you know? Oh yeah. And I think that's, and that's kind of the point I was making too, of like, you can put on your customer service voice and even though somebody may be just ripping into you and it's just being so rude, you can kind of be like, okay, yeah, no, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. Even though you're like, I don't fucking care, bud. Like, come on, let's, let's, let's move on. Let's, let's, uh, think of something else to do and we'll figure it out. But I think having that ability to, because I, I definitely fall into my customer service voice all the time, and I don't mean to, and I don't. I hope nobody takes it as like a, oh, he is just super tuned out in this conversation. It's more of like, it's yeah. one of those like mental like mental shifts for me where I'm like, I this person needs my help. I'm gonna like take a step back out of this personal relationship and shift into like a helping. Yeah. You know, instance. It's not a defense mechanism, but it's like an automatic kind of thing in your brain that just switch that takes takes place. It's honestly the same way, like, because I know in the before times when you and I used to live together, you would just autonomically go into coaching mode. And like whether or not you hated the fact that you did that or or not, or even if you realized you were doing it, it was just something that you did. Same thing in like um like jujitsu. You, if you rolled with like an instructor or something, they are going to end up instructing because oh, it's, yeah. it's their autonomic reaction. It's their, yep. they're like, you know what? I see that this individual needs help. Or even if I'm not during, help. during your role, certainly after they'll say, right, you, know, you could have got an arm bar and you're like, ah, or it's like, or ah, it would have been damn. like, Hey, you kind of got stuck here. Do you know why? And be like, yeah, or no, most of the time. No, no. I have no idea. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Yeah, I don't know well, what. Let happened. me show you. Uh, all right, if you insist. Yeah, depending on the instructor, you're like, no, 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 it's fine. I don't want to hurt anymore. You're fine. <laughs> uh, not even my, the bell rank. Just depending on the instructor. Yeah. My my pride has been hurt enough. I'm okay. <laughs> my ligaments and my pride hurt equally. I'm gonna sit this round out. Not only do does my body hurt, but my mind also hurts. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think. Um, 
I'm always grateful to have been in multiple positions where communication has been like the primary function right because i think it just it that is the the part that um to me lends so much more moving forward because like yeah meal prep is cool you know you run your kitchen differently after working in a kitchen because you understand certain things like if a kitchen should if a kitchen store things kitchen stores things in a particular way you probably should too because they're you know more regulated than a home kitchen for sure but at the same time like you don't learn how to communicate with the public in a kitchen setting true you learn how to communicate within your your grouping and your coworkers, and i think that is probably as valuable if not more than working within like a a directly customer facing role but i think having that communication and specifically phone communication it just hurts my heart sometimes hearing some people phone communication the phone. in the kitchen no just in general i'm kidding yep no i know what you're saying and i ignored it so how dare you something else that's been massive yeah in both mainly in coaching and training but i guess you could also draw it out to to coffee shops is understanding the why when you do something mm-hmm. right what you talking no, real quick, are you talking about processy or methodology? Yes. Okay. All right. Bet. If you're going to tell in. me, that, if you're going to tell me that the beans have to be ground a certain way, you better believe I'm asking you why. Why does that matter? Yeah. Why can't I set it to uh to French press and do, you know, a metal filter? Like what? What? Why not? What? What's keep me from doing that? Or mm-hmm. if you're talking about how coarse grounds are or how fine they are for your espresso. Why do I? Why do they have to be finer? What does that impact? What does it matter? It's just water and mm. Why? Or just all those processes. Or in the gym, if we're doing a certain exercise, why are we doing it this way? Why are we doing it that way? What's the goal? What's the adaptation? It all matters. It's not wrong or rude to ask why, because the people above you should very well have that answer. And if they don't, get to running. Get to running. If you run into a leader, that's, well, because I say it's this way. You ah, mean, that doesn't hold I up. That doesn't hold up. Like, help me understand either methodology why are we doing a block of training this way or processes? Why does it matter if I go through this order to make this beverage versus a different beverage? Why does the ordering matter? Mm -hmm. Oh, because that's the different, literally the difference between a macchiato and a latte and all these other things. Okay. I get it. I understand now. Like you should have answers to every one of those questions. And I think, and that's so, so important in, in arguably maybe more or less in like processes. So if you have a, a, a particular process that you follow and somebody goes, why? And you, and you can just, and you say, I don't know, we've always done it that way. Okay. Well, hold on here. You know, why, why, why not? But if you can't answer that to your employees, yeah, exactly. You can never expect them to answer it to a customer and that's who cares. That's how you educate, right? If If a customer comes up to me and says, um, I need this ground. You say, great. What do you need to ground on? Um, I don't know. And I can explain to them what it matters, how they ground their beans for what they have at home so they get the best kind of coffee. That's the difference between they learn something today, they take something away from that interaction versus I got beans ground and I got shit coffee at home and I don't know why. And it's like- I got beans, what do you want? Because you got (laughs) shit ground or maybe you bought shit coffee. I don't know, couldn't tell you, but, or it it makes a world of difference in in the athletic training world, right? Right. Having a kid squat one way versus different ways, the difference between keeping him safe and strong versus, you know, wrecking his, his joints or making him a poorer athlete. It matters. It matters. Yeah, no, I, I was going to, I mean, I think it matters, but then also understanding that um, processes should change. So having that slow and constant, and I know that you see this too in, in the, um, sports world and, and really the, the science, the realm of science in general should be changing, right? So if you every day go into work and it's the same shit, different toilet and nothing really changes in terms of like your your methodology and your processy, if, if somebody says, hey, we're going to do, you know, we're going to completely disregard this study that came out that says this. Well, that's a problem. Instead of jumps. Right. Hmm. Like that's new. Can you tell kind me of why? a problem? Yeah. Well, based off this recent study, all right, I'm bought in. Makes yeah, sense. Exactly. Okay. And I think that, that that's so important too, if not so much not having a, a true hard and fast like we're gonna do this because we always done this way and having well, that, that back to asking why though, right? True. Yeah. Why do we do this instead of this? Well, because we've done it this way before. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, but is that the most efficient? Well, maybe not. Great. So let's innovate. You should always, I mean, again, this is going to get philosophical and we don't have to run this one deep, but that's the beauty of science. That's the goal of science. Ask why. Why? Yeah. Can you retest it? Does it come out with the same result? Is it as efficient? Is there a more efficient way? The whole reason science exists is to test and retest. Yeah, I think it's... Which is what asking why is. True, and and I think it's understanding also, and, and you can kind of go against me, it's understanding the why and the how and, and where they intersect, right? So it's understanding we get the why, but how does that impact each other? I guess is kind of my, my, would be my caveat too, or maybe my additional building block. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. All right. So we talked about some of the habits you picked up. Um, do you have your, cause I know I've got a couple, do you have your, like, what was the hardest job you've ever had both in, uh, like the work and maybe the situation surrounding said work as well. Well, because <clears throat> uh, I've got a couple I could probably vamp on for a minute if you want to. I mean, I have. Yeah, I'll let you go ahead and shoot first. What you got? So, this is kind of like an uh, in retrospect, because um, I had when I was in high school, I worked as a. Uh, a YMCA lifeguard pitter patter. And that was probably one of the most difficult jobs I've ever had because of, um, because it was in high school. So kids, cause well, cause of the kids, but then also like, honestly, as a lifeguard, you have zero say, like, unless you're a dickhead, you like, nobody really cares until they need you, which is kind make of make like, sure no one drowns. Yeah. That's pretty much it. But like, you can yell at kids all day of your life and then you're the asshole for kicking them out. Like, it's just kind of one of those, True. like, is it worth it to yes. yell at kids? Yes, it is. For a high school job? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so what I would do, I think mostly, it was mostly Fridays. I would do sometimes in the, like, during the week. But I would get up at, like, 4 or 5. I would open the spot. This is a.m. So it's, like, 4 or 5 a.m. I'd work until, like, 7 or 8. And then I would go to school and then I would get out of school, go home and then go back and close the place down. So I opened and closed. I clopened in the same day and it was, I mean, we both been there. We both been there. I made dumb money. So I was, I wasn't mad at it. I wasn't happy about it. And this is in retrospect, in retrospect, I was like, God, I'm an idiot. What the hell? But I mean, I, it was in high school. I wasn't really doing anything else. Yeah. The girlfriend I had at the time was like the same way. She she worked just as much as I did. So it was kind of like, and on Friday nights, we didn't do anything anyway. So it was kind of like, who cares? And it was nine o'clock. So in, in high school, you're like, whatever. The night's still young. Whatever. We got. That's true. You know, it's Saturday. Who Who cares? Do homework on Sunday? Whatever. No big deal. Simpler times. Simpler times. Which segues into really, really nicely um, in the before times. Uh, I was working as a, a EMT in my uh, dwindling free time as an adult. And that was probably not only just because of the work, but because of, again, the, the time frame it was in. I mean, the work was difficult, but it was kind of one of those. It sucked, but it was you felt like you were doing something. But what I would do. I would work 40 hours a week, Monday through Friday, eight to five-ish. And then Saturday or Sunday, I would get up seven, be there by eight and work eight to six. No, eight to eight sometimes. Anyway, basically I would work another 12 hours. So we're looking at a 50, 60-ish hour work week. And I know you know that pain very well. Because there was a point in time where you were pulling down 70 hours. Yep. So I know you're, it's not a, uh, it's not, there's not, me. It's no. I was going to say, there's, there's no world's smallest violin over there. So I know that you feel it. You won't find <laughs> but, that here. Yeah. But that was probably one of the most challenging 
time frames for sure. grind time yeah it was it was That's tough great. both of those were tough i mean the work itself again it wasn't grueling i wasn't you know putting up manual labor or anything but i was it was a hustle it was a work for sure no doubt does that open up your uh a little uh, that, that wasn't a, a big uh deep dive for me but those are those are the two that stand out the most for me and it's it's 100 percent because of the time frame really i got three that oh come boy to mind. the first one probably the most straightforward is uh, i did landscaping for a family friend that mm. work will kick your ass oh yeah landscaping in general five ways to yeah it was rough it's man. just pitiful painful so anything from edging trimming mulching mowing just the whole nine i mean we'd spend anywhere between five hours in the morning sometimes a full eight hour a day sure. so just my saturdays and sundays went to that and then you know school during the week that was butt kicking work but mm. again it was with a family friend and she was absolutely wonderful so it didn't feel like work because it was with someone that was kind and you know patient enough to teach me about landscaping which is a skill sure. i have now so it was not bad work, not bad circumstances, just a grind. Uh, another tough so, one. So that one was truly the physicality of the oh, yeah. work. Just, that it was just, just the work painful. itself was brutal. Yeah. Um, let's see. Another tough one was working at a local warehouse back in mm. our hometown of Mansfield that I know you know all too well. I or I should say are familiar with all too well. I, say, I think it's a rite of passage for for Mansfieldians to yeah go to, through to, there at least one season that specific because i know my dad worked there yep that's that's the full circle of it all yeah it was again the labor of it it was a hot warehouse the job mm. was monotonous and boring so were you a like a pick packer or did you like oh they moved well, me everywhere i was too okay. social I, I didn't get, i didn't hit any of my quotas i talked too much they're like, well, we'll try here, we'll try here, we'll try here. I learned there that warehouse work is not for me. I have to be in some kind of services sector where I interact with people. I, I just don't do well in warehouse work. Um, so, yeah, tough, tough job. Did not like. Learned it wasn't for me, but put in my time. Another tough one, dishwasher. Another local Mansfield steakhouse. Just the work of dishwashing, it's just, it sucks. It's just a grind. That reminds me because I used to work also at a a local spot in high school. It was the um the old folks home. I think like I an I actual think, old folks home. Yeah, like an actual nursing home. Jeez, not just a home for old people. Like it yeah. was a extended the care old people's home. Yeah, yeah, and um, I was a dishwasher there. I kind of, I mean, it was just an easy way to tune out. And I feel like that's probably why you hated it, and that's why I loved it. Well, again, not with people. Yeah, no, that's just true. around dishes. I yep. always did best when servers came back and would talk to me and chat with me, and I was everybody's best friend. I loved it. Great time. Mm -hmm. Work was hard. People were great. Again, just the nature of the beast was just a uh, grind. But again, so, high school job. What right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was. I was probably. What What do you call it? A dish bitch. Uh, I just said I worked in the fish tank. The fish tank. That's what it was. It's fish tank. Um, I think I was like junior or senior year. Maybe it was in, no, it might've been my first year of college when I was still at home. Either way, um, I remember vividly when I got there, everybody was like, oh, this is going to be so great. We're going to have somebody who actually like, like this is their job because apparently they were all cleaning their own dishes. Like they would like bust their table, take their dish in, oh, gosh. wash it. You and didn't like have a devoted it, dish person. Right. Or just like Ooh. whoever drew the short straw was the dish person for that day. And they were like, just so blown away that I like just washed Your dishes. Your sole all job day. was to clean all the dishes. Yeah. And they were like, oh my, this is, how are you doing this? I was like, what do you mean? How am I doing this? This is what you hired me for. You clean the plate, you scrub the plate, you sanitize yeah. the plate, and you're done. What do you mean? Yeah. How do you do it? And they're like, and you're just like putting everything away so quickly. Like, I just, what? Oi. And then there was one time. What um, nice praise to find at a job. I was like, you mean for doing my job? Thank you, I guess. There I was one. Run with it. There was one day where the, I forget what her, her title was, but she was like, hey, because I used to work on the weekends too. She was like, when you come in for the weekend, could you like wipe down a couple of things? Because like we've got a health inspection and we just want to make sure everything's good to go. I was like, all right, sure bet. So I get in there. 
I was like, oh yeah, she wanted me to do X, Y, Z things. And I'm like doing these things. And they're like, you know, she's not here, right? Like she's not coming in today. I was like, yeah, but. They still need done. Yeah. I was like, I still have to do them. And she, they were like, you're only hourly, right? And I was like, yeah. They were like, what? Okay. Only hourly. Like, that's why you take your time. That's why I was like, what do you. Work. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Like, <laughs> it's uh, the job that needs to get done. What are you talking about? Yeah. It just, it blew me, it blew my mind. Like, I vividly remember that job being like, and I was like, what do you, like, what do you want me to do? Nothing. This is not how that, this is not how this works. Yeah. True. So those are my three. Yeah. And then the fourth, if we're talking about circumstances, it's going to be right after college, man. It's going to be right after college. Mm. Food service job, personal training job internship at the same time that was a grind that was a grind that was when you're up north right up north. how far up north up in the green you're just gonna have to come out and say it man the bowling green no no no. that was after college i'd moved down here oh i thought you were still up there no no no. i'd moved down here this is after mm. my time with the big box gym when you and i shared a place this is um oh yeah this I is when you. i was finding my way into the gym that i'm currently working at so i took on um a training job and then i worked at a local food place you know just down the road from us that's right and then, uh i picked up the internship which put me at about at least gosh doing the math probably 20 to 25 hours of interning and then another probably 15 to 20 of personal training and then at least 20 to 25 at food service. So put me up that 70, 60, 70 hour work week you were talking about. That was a grind stretched thin, like laffy taffy, man. Again, I love the work. People were great, but just so much work, so much back to back stuff. Yeah. I don't know how you circumstance. I think that, I think that would be the toughest because I think, because that internship was that paid or unpaid? Unpaid. That's what I thought. That's yeah, <laughs> that. That would hurt me the most, honestly. Yeah. Because like, I feel like both of them. If you were earning like a steady, like the both the food service and the training at the box gym, I feel like you could, you could like make that work. And if it was like a small internship, but you were putting in like, excuse me, real time there. Yeah, you won't find many strength and conditioning uh, internships that are paid, unfortunately, um, out in the field, but. It's nature of the beast. It is what it is. Like mm. you said, it's not much of a pity house over here. You put in the time to do what you want to do. I was one yeah. time interviewing with someone and they asked me a really interesting question that I hadn't heard anyone ask me before and I'd never really put any thought into. And it sounds like I'm tooting my own horn. I swear this this question caught me completely off guard. Didn't see it coming. She goes, well, can you tell me a little bit about you know what you're doing now? What kind of work you're in? Da, 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 da. And I was like, yeah, so I'm doing X, Y, and Z, all the things I just said to you. Mm-hmm. She goes, wow, where do you get the drive and the energy for all that and i was like kind of like the question that you were talking about when you were working um as mm. a dishwasher just why are you doing all that and i was like what what i had there's an option there's i didn't i don't have to do all this what and i don't know what you're talking about because in my mind right training i love to do mm-hmm. food service i needed the extra money for my bills and then when you talk about this internship i'd done two in my time in college and i was like this is a different population. I want to get my foot in the door with this population, not just the gym, but the population itself of strength. Because that was, because this is the population you wanted. You wanted the actual like athletes. Physical, yeah, athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I was like, all right, you know, I'm gonna try to do this internship. And they're like, well, here's the hours. Can you meet them? And I was like, do I have a choice? They're like, I can make it work. They're like, um, this is what we have available. And I was like, all right, well, guess I'll make it work. I'll figure it out. Don't worry. So I had took on those two jobs and the internship. And it was like, you just, you just juggle those things because you need them. I need my passion work, the freedom to do what I want to do with my passion. I need to have money to pay the bills and I want to explore this population. And now is a better time than ever because, I mean, I'm fresh out of college. It's not like I'm, you know, 10, 15 years into a career and I'm making a big jump. This is something that I'm pretty well practiced in right. as of very recently. So why not jump into it? And But yeah, her question of, well, why are you doing so much? Where do you find the drive for all that? I was like, um, I don't know. It's just, it it just, it makes sense. So to this day, I think that's where I get the whole no house of pity thing from when people are like, ah, I closed yesterday and I'm back in today. And it's like, excuse the fuck out of me. You can leave this job if you want. What are you complaining about? 
you you mm. are an employee of this business. You're here when they schedule you. you. Do you have another job? No, but I have school. And it's like, and it's all online anyways. What mm. what are you complaining about? Make it work. Like, I, I, yeah, I think it's so tough for me to have sympathy for some people. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can't control all of life circumstances. When right. life catches you off guard, I get that it can be difficult and it can seem overwhelming. I have sympathy for that, no doubt. But when you're like asking for sympathy, when you have a six hour shift and you're tired because it's busy, it's like, bitch, I got another five hours at another job. Shut your mouth. I don't care. I don't care. Well, I think a lot of that too, and maybe I'm kind of putting ideas in your head, but I think a lot of it too is that for the most part, it's not about the passion right like a lot of people complain well because like you just talked about how you put in work for three different positions and only two of them were really your passion projects right one of them's your bills so i think a lot of it is people complain because it's not their passion work right so like if if they were complaining and, and it was like if you were complaining about having your your gym jobs right and somebody was like well isn't that what you want to do you'd be like yeah but like you'd still want to be like, but I'm tired. It's like okay, that's fair. You can be tired, you know. Physically, you can feel something and 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 voice it as a mental uh, taxation, right? But when it becomes your passion, it, it's a little bit different. So I think a lot of that frustration, I think for you and me both, um, is like, well, if it's your passion, it's your passion, right? But a lot of a lot of a lot of the times, I think things aren't people's passions, and I think that's where the frustration really is, is that it's not a passion project for you right like somebody at a arguably a student at a coffee shop isn't necessarily in their passion project unless they're going for like food science or coffee science or something you know what i'm saying like it's just we use the example of a coffee shop because that's what's relevant right now could be anywhere could be a superstore could be a grocery store could be anywhere big box store whatever so i think that's part of it the way i'm understanding it yeah let's go down a fun road I realize how unsympathetic and potentially dickish it sounds, what I said. So sure. help me. Yeah. Help me to be more sympathetic to the people I'm around. You're one of those guys, you're very in touch with people and how they're feeling and where they're mm-hmm. at and their mental health and well being. Mm-hmm. I as I we try to explored be. am not so much. Since it's the A and D podcast. This help, is the difference. Help me tune in to being mm-hmm. sympathetic of other people. Tall ask, I know, but Ooh. we got the time for it. We got the platform for it. True, 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 true. So, and I want to also preference here with I am in no way a mental health expert. I'm not a professional in that. Um, He's I, a lot better than I am, people. I, but I can't tell you how to do things. So I can tell you how I do things, and that's about it. If people came to me um, for mental health advice, though, I would tell them you, you are in trouble. If I'm your resource. around. <laughs> I have to get like apology cards, like business cards. That, sorry, I can't help. Sorry, the, I can't um, help. What are the, do you guys, when I w- was at the coffee shop he w- worked at, we did uh, like $5 off your next order if the things took too long. Like yep. that was, yep. th- those are what you give people when they come ah, Just like, hand ah, those out. No, no. It's just. So sorry. Next one's on me. I can't <laughs> help with this. Here's the $5 off this place I work at. Sorry. It's $5 off your next training session. <laughs> There you go. That'll work. Oh no, people just start complaining to me just out the wazoo. We're getting off topic though. To sway oh, sure. back, how can I be more sympathetic as a guy who I think takes work seriously, mm-hmm. takes accountability at a very high level, right? Like mm-hmm. in my mind, you don't call off. The only time you call off is if you have something that's prearranged or if it's an emergency, right? Oh, my car won't start. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm ill and don't want to get other people sick, or I'm in the hospital, or there's a serious family emergency. Like if you wake up. I have a cough, pandemic withholding. That, don't don't call off for that. Like you you just you go in. You're scheduled for those hours. You are expected to be at a job, whatever it is, coffee mm. shop, tax account, don't care. Grocery store, you gotta be there. I have a very hard time being sympathetic when people tell me they're tired. You know your schedule. You know what time you had to go to sleep. Go to sleep. Or when people are just like not accountable for their shifts. I have a real hard time being sympathetic. How can I be more sympathetic? So I I will answer your questions kind of with a question but I have, to, I have to phrase it correctly so I'll, I'll say this do you 
set yourself up for success 100% of the time? Answer truthfully. And remember, we used to live together. Yeah. Um, 100% of the time, I'd give yes. myself, so here's my answer. I'd give myself 80% on okay. the conservative side, maybe closer to 90 in regards to work. Whereas okay. I think the general population, I feel from what I've seen, seems to fall at like 50%. Okay. So I would say a good most of the time I do. Okay. So your question is how do you become more sympathetic? Damn good question though. It's a damn yeah, good question. It is. And, and I, I'll, I'll kind of flip it too. If anybody has ways to be more sympathetic, let's hear them. Because I'm not the person to, to ask. I am a very sympathetic person, but I think it comes down to, um, it's more empathy for me, rather. I don't want to give, it's not so much sympathy. It's, um, I understand where you're coming from, or it's, I understand that you're in a tough spot. Uh, you you have my support. And I think that's really what it is. It's, it's not so much sympathy, it's empathy, right? And those are very different right where sympathy is let me let me coo and coddle you and and let's let's take a warm bath and let you talk about your feelings where but i think empathy, that's what people i feel like that's what people are looking for well well yes it's like oh man that's rough oh man but see that to me is empathy if you say oh that's really tough i'm sorry you're tired but you're here so let's get to it right that's a completely different mindset if that's your mindset when going into somebody saying oh i'm just so tired like oh that sucks but you know like we're here let's get at it bitter patter like that's a different idea because that's empathy. That's that's um, understanding somebody's problem or understanding somebody's feelings, honoring those feelings, but then giving that solution to say, but you know what, we're here. We're, you know, you can even say, we're all in this together if you want to be Troy Bolton and say, we're all here. We're all in this together uh, and we're going to power through it, right? We're all, you know, we're all here. Here's so where I need be, clarification then. Yes. When I think empathy, if you're complaining to me about your day, mm -hmm. when I think of empathy, I think of can I take on or have I ever been in a place that you feel right now, right? So if you're saying you're tired to me, my response if I'm empathetic is I've been there too. I'm tired as well. My day's dragging as well. And here's, I guess we're going to dive a little bit into psychology. When people complain to me, the last thing I think they want to hear is about how I'm feeling, right? Because if you if I say I'm tired to someone and they take it on them, like, oh, I'm so tired too. You don't know how long my day is. I have all of this going on. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're talking about me and how tired I am. Focus on my, this is how I feel. Focus on sure. my problem. So when I hear empathy, what I think is I don't want to take away from the person that's complaining to me, right? If they're like, oh, I'm so tired. And I go, yeah, I'm tired too. It's hard for me to sometimes relate to them on that level. If I'm like amped up and they're like, oh, I'm just tired. I'm dragging. I have so much going on. It's like, well, you're at work. You can't do a whole lot about that. Let's get hype, which is not empathy, I know. Sympathy to me means mm -hmm. I acknowledge how you feel. Um, sympathetic being I'm compassionate towards that. Mm -hmm. I realize it's not ideal. I realize you don't want things to be this way, and it's not as you had planned. And um, I, I guess sympathy and then I see empathy, right? I understand how you feel. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like sympathy is sure. I acknowledge all the things that you say are going in a shitty way. Mm -hmm. Whereas empathy is I either do feel them now or I can put myself in a place where I know what that's like. And then I feel like I'm either stealing a spotlight or I'm sure. being drugged down to now feeling kind of tired like they are down like they are. And I don't want to feel down. Does that make sense? It does. So, so I guess the point for you is when somebody says, oh, I'm really tired and you say, oh, yeah, me too you are empathizing, right? You're because you understand what tired feels like. And so that's why I say putting myself into somebody else's shoes, how I would feel in a particular situation. If somebody comes up to me and says, boy, I'm just, oh, I'm hurting today. And somebody goes, oh, yeah, me too. I know. Cool. We're cool. Like we're on the same level because I think that's what people want. They want to feel camaraderie that their feelings are validated. Kind of going back to the, the earlier conversation. Sometimes people just want to bitch. And that's okay, right? We can let you bitch, but we also, there's a, I read something a while ago and I'm going to butcher it, but it's, you know, venting is okay because it is a, a, a controlled point in time where you can get your grievances out, but you move forward, 
right? True. So if you want to vent and you want to bitch, we'll vent and bitch. But just know that doesn't really change anything. It's just allowing you to get your feelings out. The only way you can change things is to make a change. Sounds kind of stupid and dumb, but like. No, I mean, it's true, though. But yeah, so you understand the, the point I feel like making. a lot of times when people complain, they don't want a solution. They just want to. I, I feel like what they want out of it is sympathy, which is where I have the hard part budging, right? Because it's like, don't get me wrong. On a human level, I can relate to, yeah, you're tired. I was tired the other day. Sure, I get that. But I feel like if you're always like you to bring it back to where we started the day off, if you're a Debbie Downer, right? And you're always tired. You're always dragging. Your life is always kicking you. It's like, bro, it's sometimes take so, accountability for it. So like, I think I think tired has been in, in another autonomic reaction and concern, not concern, an autonomic response for people to say, how are you doing? Oh, I'm tired. But in reality, tired could mean a plethora of different things for different people. For you, it could be the physically physical aspect of, I did not get enough sleep last night. I have not had enough coffee today. I am tired. For somebody sure. else, tired could be there. I'm not feeling it today. I'm a little depressed today. Um, I read something the other day that it was like, um, uh, not emotions, but depression, sure is like a big ball or I'm sorry, emotions are like a big ball. And sometimes that big ball will hit other feelings more than, than another one. Right. So if you're really feeling um, depressed one day, your, your emotional ball is going to be really knocking on your depression button or if you're whatever. Right. So I, I think I didn't know that this is just the vessel we're having the conversation in, but I think understanding that sometimes people say something but mean something else and to just validate those feelings is kind of the first step in showing empathy and sympathy towards someone to say like mm, that really sucks i'm sorry you're so tired today and you don't even have to say is there something i can do because i think that opens up a door but you can say if it makes you feel better because i do i think it makes me feel better and say like is there anything i can do to help like oh you're really tired did you get some coffee there might be some coffee in the break room or Oh, I'm really tired today. Oh, okay. Well, like, we'll try to keep it a lighter day for you or something. Same thing you do in the gym, right? If somebody says, Oh, my knee's really hurting to me today, and, you, and you've got like fucking a knee dominant movement, and be like, Okay, so we should probably not do knee dominant movements today. I You're should still also validating. preface at this time that yeah. my lack of sympathy does not extend to clients because I look after them during the length of our session. So, if you're a client, I absolutely do care how you're feeling. Right. If you're tired, I absolutely do care about that. My point is about coworkers well, I think not you're, feeling the day. I think you you also can preference it with when you're not in a particular setting, you have a tough time, sure. right? So I think, but I think that's the point that I'm trying to make is that um, it's that honor, right? You can honor those feelings and kind of say like, this is what basically like, Hey, I, I hear what you're saying. Like that's, I guess that's kind of the point that I'm, I'm, I'm making, I guess. True. It's good insight. Certainly lots to think on, I guess. You all right? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I was going to have to carry that for a minute. Oh, <laughs> gearing no, up. We're good. I was gearing up. I take a big drink of water. Um, no, but I guess that would be kind of my like point to you is to like change that, that mindset of like someone is, is fishing for something and just honor it. Right. And be like, Oh, that sucks. I'm really, I'm really sorry. You're tired today. Cause you're, you're still listening, right. You're still providing that, that yeah. reciprocation. Cause I think if, if you said, man, I'm just real tired today. And somebody said, shut the fuck up and get out of here. Like you'd be like, okay, that was aggressive. But if somebody said like, Oh, I'm really sorry, Dave, what's up? You'd be like, you know what? That was really nice. Yeah. Maybe so, my sympathy muscle is just a bit atrophied. I got to work I on think, training yeah, you just, a little bit. You just got to work it out a little bit. I got to do the running, man. I got to put, I got to, oh God, I got to put some stress on it and get a thing get a nice, hypertrophy a little bit. Get a nice lax ball, work it out a little bit. Maybe just in a knot. It is. Yeah, it could be. It could yeah. be. Maybe my chi just isn't flowing. I got to work there on you that. There go. I'll work on that. I'll work yeah. on being more sympathetic and being patient and listening and not getting as riled up about it. All right. No, I think, I think those are all like, those are all steps, right? It's not going to happen overnight. True. You know, you, you just focus on one of them each time. And when you feel yourself like 
getting better at that one thing, you just move on to the next thing. It's the same thing. It's like, I mean, you're just honoring feelings, right? You're saying, I hear you. That sucks. Ugh. No, it's the same thing you, you would want. If, it would, it's the same thing you would want if you were feeling the same way. Yeah, damn. Right? Well played. And with that, thanks for joining us today. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> well, All right. In the lobby. Uh, well, I think that was a very rich episode. Lots I agree. To take away from there. Yeah, I don't want to do a full recap because I think this is a good Too note to end to on. Yeah, but yeah. So I'll let you do the outro and I'll do the uh, how to connect with us. Okay. Yeah. Um, in closing, guys, thank you and gals. Thank you for joining us for the past probably hour and plus. We appreciate uh, you sharing that hour with us, letting us be a part of your day and taking the time out of your day to listen to all that we have to talk about. Um, we look forward to covering a whole lot of topics here in 2021 um, and look forward to consistently bringing you hopefully quality content. Yes, and if you have topics or if you want to chime in on our conversations, we highly encourage it. Um, I was talking with uh, somebody the other day, my wife actually, and she said that the reason she doesn't love listening to us in the car is because she can't chime in. And I told her, but she can. Because if she just says, if she types up Aaron and Dave podcast at gmail.com, she can voice all of her concerns and her opinions. I put money on the fact you didn't say that to her. I did. I said, then I want you to write in and I want you to tell us what you think. Well, so I keep an eye out for her email. When we I see her email, I'll know that we you should. And I encourage everybody else to do that. If we say something that just doesn't make sense to you, or if you disagree with, we want to hear it and we'll address it. That's a big thing. Um, and then definitely hit us up on the stand. We're not perfect. We're here to learn. That's right. Help expand uh, our horizons. Why don't you hit us up on the Instagram or the stand? And uh, we'll be posting some, hopefully, maybe behind the scenes photos from our Zoom calls. Um, try to get better about putting out information on there as well. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have. Thanks for stopping in. See you next time. See you guys.